Welcome to Consciously Cannabis. I'm Carly, host of Consciously Clueless, the podcast bringing you this series. Together with guests, I'll be exploring cannabis through lenses of sustainability, mindfulness, and plant-based living. Bonus content from Consciously Cannabis will be available at patreon.com slash consciouslycarly. Take a hit, or don't, all are welcome here, and let's get lit. Thank you for joining me on this new series of the podcast, Consciously Cannabis. Thank you. I'm excited. I am excited as well. I have probably about a thousand questions for you rolling around in my head. Okay. I won't I won't ask them all today, or I'll try not to, but I would love to hear how your journey with wellness and cannabis started. Let's let's start there and we can talk a little bit about what you do. Absolutely. So I originally went to school to become a registered dietitian nutritionist. So I always knew that health and nutrition was important and it, it was interested. When I was younger, my sister was type diagnosed with type one diabetes. So health was okay. always just at the forefront. So I knew that I wanted to do something health related. I did the traditional schooling, went, got my master's degree, worked in a hospital, got my quote unquote dream job. And two years in realized this is not what I envisioned for healthcare. This isn't what I believe mm. in. And the whole time I had been secretly using cannabis my whole the way through college and hiding it when I was working at the hospital, you really just it found myself at this intersection of like, who am I and what am I doing? I can't believe I'm working this job, like this dream job, I thought, right. that feels so wrong in every kind of aspect of, I believe in more natural approaches, you know, and when you're working in a traditional healthcare system, that's just not a reality. And right. especially in acute care, as a dietitian, I'd come in and I'd be like, here's your ensure and some pancakes. That was the extent of my role. And I had a master's degree to do so. And right. it just didn't feel right. So I did have a food blog on the side. I feel like as many of us, we dabble in fun things. And eventually I just got to a point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go all in on my thing. I left the hospital and I did my food blogging thing for a year or two. And that still felt inauthentic because as a cannabis consumer, I still was hiding this piece of who I was, but I was oh, like, here's yes. how I stay healthy. Here's the food I eat, leaving out this whole really important piece. And so I remember I was on a trip to Arizona and I was like, you know what? I have to get this out into the world. I was so afraid that someone was going to out me. That I was like, if I just out myself and tell the world that I use cannabis, then I could just move forward in peace. So I remember I wrote this whole blog post and it's still on my blog now. It's called Coming Out of the Cannabis Closet. And it's just like <laughs> all this word vomit basically of here I am. I use cannabis. I have every day since I was an adult and I'm a very productive individual and I leave a very healthy lifestyle. And I thought people were going to be like, how dare you? How could you? And my response was so opposite. So many people were like, oh my gosh, I'm so interested. Let me learn more. And that's mm -hmm. what really kind of blossomed my career into where I am today. That's so, so beautiful because I so relate to that feeling of hiding this thing that doesn't feel like it needs to be hidden. Like it makes you feel weird. Yes about it. Weird and icky in a way of like, 
I don't feel like I'm doing something wrong, but then why am I hiding it? And why do I feel the need to hide it? Yeah. And also just kind of, like you said, worrying like this outing thing then too, where you're like, I'm not being authentic. I'm talking about health and wellness and conscious living. And that's a part of it for me. And I have to hide that. So it's just like this weird thing. And that was, you know, part of the impetus as soon as it became legal in Minnesota, I was like, yes, like I can talk about this within my business and within this. And the idea of this series and having you on is to talk about that reality. And I think what I love, one of the things I love most about your content is that stigma breaking, right? Where you're talking about like, I am talking about feeling well and using cannabis to do so. And they are not mutually exclusive. I'm not in the basement playing video games in the dark. I don't know. I'm just yeah. not, if, if you're in the basement somewhere playing video games, live your life. But I just feel like whatever stereotype people think of with stoners, right? That is so beautiful. I was looking at some of your recent podcast episodes, which I'm not caught up, but I really love the conversations you have. And you. along that stigma breaking, I some of the recent ones, you talked to a high school teacher And about kind of like, okay, cannabis is coming. And then another one I thought was, I think the most recent one is strengthening partnerships and marriages. So is that your intention now? Like that, it seems like you're trying to break the stigma by having those conversations. Yeah, that was a huge goal of my podcast is I wanted to feature regular people. These are not people who are influencers or or in any, just regular people in regular walks of life who are considered successful by society's standards, Mm. who also leave insanely productive lives with the help of cannabis and that cannabis has helped them reach their potential rather than hinder them. And to be able to find so many people with these stories, it has been really a great, like watching my dream come true to show this to people in just so many different walks of life. I, Australia, Germany, across the world, just coming out and saying, you know, the the experience with cannabis is universal, that people are finding that everything that they have ever been told about cannabis is actually opposite. And that Mm. if they just take some time to educate themselves and to experiment and be patient, that they could also find the benefits of cannabis because our bodies are, are meant to work with it. And it's a part of who we are. We have endocannabinoid systems. And so just as much as nutrition plays a role in our health and wellness, so does the use of cannabis. And I don't say it's not for everybody. If it's never for you, fine. That's absolutely mm-hmm. fine. But if you are feeling like something is missing, I always say, you know, cannabis is that missing tool in that holistic tool wellness tool belt. Mm. Um, you just stick that one thing in there and that brings everything together in this beautiful way for so many people. And that's what I get to share on the show, which is really exciting. So what was your journey then into discovering cannabis as a tool for wellness? Cause I don't know about you, but when I started smoking weed, I was not thinking about, wow, this oh, feels good on my body. No. I'm like, this is fun. Where's the chips? So when did it like switch for you where you're like, oh, this is, this is like more than something I do at a party or something I do with friends or whatever it is. Absolutely. Of course, you know, I was a teenager and tried it and thought it was fun hanging out. And it wasn't until I started college that I realized that cannabis could 
really helped me manage my anxiety. I had very mm. bad anxiety. I ended up dropping out of my first semester of college and moving back home and hitting what I considered was rock bottom. And it was then that cannabis came in and allowed me not only to manage that anxiety, but I'm just like a sativa kind of girl. Like cannabis helps me, motivates me to get things done. So it helped propel me through college and it was really beneficial for me. And so all throughout college, it was studying it almost how like some people take Adderall you know like I'm gonna get my work done and I'm gonna do all these things Mm. that made me feel productive and then after college came motherhood and cannabis took on a whole new role for me in terms of managing stress and my second pregnancy ended up managing my hyperemesis and so I always tell people cannabis really can support you through a lot of different phases of life and that using cannabis is very much an ebb and a flow of using it where you are in your stage and adjusting it as needed because that's the beautiful thing about it is there's so many different routes to take things to tweak that you can really bring it with you on your journey and have it accompany you not steer you if that makes sense Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, just the first, what are we in like 10 minutes into this conversation and we've hit so many stigma points, right? Where there's so much of that. So as you started to use that as a tool in college, were there people around you that were like, yeah, okay, you're more productive, you know, like what has the judgment been along the way? You know, the judgment was on myself the hardest. I was a Isn't that how it works? Damn. (laughs) And that's what I tell people is that stigma was so much bigger in my mind than it probably really was. I just thought to myself, you know, you can't be a college student. You can't be a type A dietitian, nutritionist student, work in a hospital if you smoke weed. I just couldn't put the, I've never seen it together. I didn't think it was a possibility. I just thought, I was bad. And so I would travel around with this kit with hand sanitizer and toothbrush and oh wow wash. And I did everything I could to hide the fact that I used cannabis for years, years. And it just, I spent so much time and energy doing that. It, and it almost wasn't as beneficial as it could have been during right. that time because I was so scared. And that was so much in my mind when I came out of the cannabis closet. I realized nobody cares. And now I do think that our culture has changed significantly in the past couple of years as well Correct. Yeah. with the rapid legalization. So I think it was kind of like a perfect storm. But so much of that was in my own head that once I just was like, oh, this is me, here it is, such a breath of relief. Yeah, totally. I I think there was also for me at least this idea that it was not maybe in the in the last little bit of time, but I had this idea that it was more of a secret yeah. where it's like, yeah, people aren't stupid. I, I made this comment to my mom, like, so excited to start this new series on the podcast and talk about it within my business now. And not like I fe- I said to her, I think I feel like I'm coming out of the like the weed closet. And my yeah. mom just calmly was like, yeah. Do you really think you were in the weed closet though? Like do other people like, it's so like, sweet. we know. Yes. Everyone in knows, your mind, honey. in your mind, you are in your mind. You spend so much time putting up walls and protecting yourself because at the end of the day, we don't want people to judge us. And as much as we can say, we don't care about what other people think. Of course we care about other, what other people think. Otherwise we wouldn't have these feelings towards cannabis. But the more that we come out and have these conversations and say, hey, we are normal people who are very productive, who live very 
wonderful by society standards, perfect lives mm-hmm. using cannabis. We're fine. Everybody, we are fine. And the more that we see this, the more other people will watch this and say, okay, phew, I'm okay. Right. And there's nothing wrong with me. I can do this too. So you address kind of the, the shame that made you like hiding it and the hand sanitizer and the toothbrush. Did that judgment or any of that shame that came with it from yourself or from others, did that ever change how much or if you smoked at all? Because I had that experience. Honestly, it didn't. Like I am, I found such relief. It was such a tool for me that I wasn't willing to give it up. Mm -hmm. I wasn't willing to give it up even at the expense of my career. Like I was willing to continue to use and find ways to skirt around a drug test at the hospital versus (laughs) give it up. Cannabis is important to me in my life and I'm not willing to give it up at this point either. So I'm, I'm glad that I stuck with my guns because it turned out okay. Yeah. Good for you. So what was that conversation then? Unless you're married to your high school sweetheart or have kids with your high school sweetheart. What was that conversation then as like, it sounds like you were already really rooted in like cannabis is important to me and not everyone is on board with that. So what was that like, like dating or talking to partners or relationships? You know, it's, it's a very full circle now. The person who introduced me to cannabis was an ex-boyfriend, you know, high school (laughs) sweetheart. His family was very cannabis friendly and they introduced me to cannabis. Interesting. Of course, me and him are not together anymore. We'll tell you recently, I was at a local festival selling my products and his dad came up to me and said, I'm so proud of you. I wish we would have went into business a long time ago. And it was so full circle, especially because it's been over 10 years now since we dated. And it was so sweet of him to do it. It really made me feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm a big believer. Everything happens for a reason. But that was like a real full circle canvas moment for me. Yeah, totally. And X also got me into weed. So I guess thanks to our exes. I got to thank them for something, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, we'll give them that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, thank you very much. So what was that like then with your current partner? And what is that conversation around motherhood? Because I think people get real bent out of shape talking about marijuana and kids. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. So let's start with my husband. He does not use cannabis. He does not like the way cannabis makes him feel. And I like to show people that, you know, couples can be different and they can have different likes. He like he prefers alcohol. I don't like alcohol, but we can have a very productive life, a very productive marriage. He's always been supportive. He actually is in love with CBD and CBN products. THC is not for him, but again, cannabis is for everybody. He thought it was not for him because he doesn't right. do well with THC. But there are other options that he now loves. He loves smoking CBD flour. And so that's just a nice little tidbit for people is you don't have to Both partners don't have to like the same thing, but having open conversations about why you do something or how it makes you feel or how it improves your Mm -hmm. life. Again, to that podcast episode, I think cannabis can really help people in relationships because it helps people manage their emotions. You know, we talk about relationships and always getting, you know, so emotional about something. It's nice to have something that can kind of rein you in sometimes. I say, I'm a nicer wife. I nag less. Like if I want to blow up at him, but I can just go smoke instead. Like I can be a little bit more thoughtful and considerate. And I do think that it is a tool to be helpful in a marriage for the right people. 
Right. Now, motherhood's a whole different thing. Motherhood, <laughs> people go crazy with kids and cannabis. I am extremely liberal. It, when it comes to children, anything but THC is on the table. CBD, CBN, mm. my kids use CBN sleep gummies every night. CBG, a lot of parents are exploring for an Adderall alternative. I'm super liberal. My kids touch cannabis plants. They're in the cannabis plants. There is absolutely nothing that is going to harm them. And that is really a big stigma that I want to dispel is that these plants mm-hmm. are somehow dangerous to children. They're not. That's just brainwashing. And they belong in the garden right next to the tomato plants, right next to the pepper plants. And that's how my children are raised. That's how they've learned what cannabis is. And so I'm a big, big believer in that. I have two children, a nine-year-old and I have a two-year-old. And with my nine-year-old, I was too scared to use cannabis when I was pregnant. And I wasn't really sick, so it wasn't a big deal. But back then, you know, I didn't have the resources and the education that I have now. Fast forward with my two-year-old, I never thought that I would have hyperemesis or that I would be bedridden for 19 weeks of the first 19 weeks of my pregnancy. I was so healthy with my first. So I did make the choice to use cannabis. And I'm so glad that I did. I have zero regrets. I am a big proponent that I believe that cannabis should be a first intervention before prescription medications, Mm -hmm. not the other way around. But what I do know is that cannabis has been around for thousands of years used by mothers who were pregnant. And if cannabis was harmful to a fetus or a mother during pregnancy, we would know it. Our advocacy groups would be shouting it from the rooftops. There's nothing to indicate. And they want to say like, oh, maybe low birth weight. This baby was twice as big as my first one. Like, I I don't even (laughs) believe that that's associated with uh, typical smoke, not regular smoke. So I'm lucky. I've had a great experience. My midwife was super helpful. I had my medical marijuana card at the time. So the hospital Mm. did ask to see it. I don't know what the legal implications would have been if I did not have one. So I don't want anyone to make a choice that would jeopardize them legally. I felt safe making the choices that I made, but I am a big proponent. I think that it should be a first intervention before prescription medications. And I think it's an incredible tool for mothers, especially postpartum breastfeeding. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with using cannabis while breastfeeding. And I think there is no greater time that a mother deserves some type of relief than in those that postpartum that fourth trimester and so I am super liberal about what I think is okay for people but it took me a long time to get there well I think what you're identifying too for me at least is that it doesn't have to be this either or it's like this is a tool right it's not like western or eastern or this or that it's like this is a tool yeah. that fits in for your life in your way. Like I take antidepressants. I take less now because of weed. But like, if I have to be on antidepressants for a while, that's okay with me. Like that's part of Absolutely. the journey. Yes. But it is. And I think that's a great that idea of either to or. Highlight. It's so important to highlight that though for people. It's not an either or. Cannabis doesn't right. have to be the only thing. And the goal is to feel better. So if that is cannabis and prescriptions, great. If that's yep. just prescriptions, great. Like I want people to feel better. And if cannabis is involved, yes, but don't I don't want people to feel like, oh, but cannabis doesn't make me feel better. So there's something wrong with me. That's not right. it either. And I just want people to do what makes them feel good without the shame associated with it. I also love that you mentioned your kids being like around the plants in the garden and whatever else, because you know, kids in, in our Western societies, at least, and 
growing up in the United States, like we see alcohol all the time, typically. Like it is, you know, like our parents have like the beer cooler or the alcohol like closet that you're not supposed to go in or above the fridge or whatever it is. And it's this very like off limits, blah, blah, blah. And I think that having an honest conversation and being like, yeah, this is weed. This is the plant. This is what this is, especially in a world with growing legalization is actually probably keeping your kids safer so they know what the hell this stuff is. I absolutely believe that. And my kid had a lot of exposure to both alcohol and cannabis. And we've had a lot of discussions about why I prefer not to use alcohol versus yeah. cannabis. And it was something actually that I had to work on the last couple of years is as I, I've stopped drinking, but socially I like to use cannabis and I was not using cannabis in front of my kids smoking mm-hmm. because I thought in my mind, moms can't smoke in front of their kids. And I really had to challenge myself. And so if you're at a party, if you would drink a beer in front of them, why do you feel so wrong to light up a joint in front of them? And so now people might think it's wrong, but I actually do because that's how mommy likes to relax and everyone else can drink their beers. And I might have to get over that a little bit still even, but I want to set the example to my children that alcohol is not better than cannabis. Alcohol shouldn't be more publicly or widely used cannabis and that I can be at a party and not drink alcohol and use cannabis and still be a normal functioning part of that party without being like the oddball out. Hey there, it's me. If you're digging this conversation so far around conscious living in this episode and you're feeling inspired to make change, that's literally why I'm here. If you want sustainable ways to be sustainable, you hear eco-friendly or green and wonder if you're doing it right. You want to make your diet more earth-friendly by going vegan. You want to live a more connected life, but you're not even sure what that means. No judgment. It is possible to feel excited about making changes to make a difference in the world every single day with your choices, to go vegan and stay vegan without feeling like you're missing anything, or to learn how to make good choices for the planet without feeling stressed. I help folks who are ready to make changes in their life that support their health and the world around them through supportive coaching, practical education, and steps that make you enjoy the process. If that's you, email me at consciouslycarly at gmail.com and let's chat. Back to the episode. What I appreciate about that conversation too, and you identifying this is hard for me, like this is something I'm still getting over. So it's like that internalized shame because of our culture, but I'm still going to push myself to try. Like you're not out here being like, it's easy. It's just get over it. You're like, no, this, I've got some internalized shame around this too, because of our society. And I'm figuring out what that looks like. Absolutely. And and I do struggle with it. And I struggle with it a lot in the sense that my son who's nine is getting older and that I know that other people are going to judge him based on what I do. And so I really like really try and juggle that perception. We live in a tiny town. Just the other day, he says to me, mom, the, the counselor came in and she was talking about career options and she was talking about taking over your parents' business. And she's like, I re- he, he said, I really wanted to tell her I want to take over your business. He goes, but I don't know how to tell her what your business is. And I thought that was so insightful from my wow. nine-year-old. And I was like, you can tell people. First of all, you can work for me. I'm so excited that you I know. For, I was that. like, okay, can we That's say, that. first of all, how cute that is? <laughs> I know. But he's been involved in every bit of our cannabis business. And so I told him, I said, Rand, it is okay to say... I want to work in my mom's cannabis business. I said, for, first of all, I'm pretty sure everyone already knows what I do. 
Second of all, everything we do is legal. And third of all, like we shouldn't feel weird about it. I don't feel weird about it, honey. And you shouldn't feel weird about it. So we'll see if he decides to tell the school that's what he wants to do in the future. It is so interesting, right? Because we are, you know, who knows where this conversation or what this will sound like in a year or two years from now. Like we are like in the thick of it. So it's so interesting to see, you know, you're, you're, I'm assuming we're like somewhat similar generation here. So like even in the last, however many decades now you're a mom and it's like, wow, that conversation around cannabis, like, can you believe in the last little bit how it just boomed? Changed. Yeah. And there's a lot of advocates that have been doing this for a while that are like, okay, it didn't just happen. But for our generation, it's like, wow, this wild change. Absolutely. I mean, we are so used to our social media and we're seeing the typical wine moms and, you know, the typical, typical, but we don't see the cannabis moms as much, first of all, because of censorship and second of all, because we're too scared. So even though we're doing these things in real life, or maybe we're not, maybe when we're getting together with our best girlfriends, we're having a cocktail because we're too afraid we'd say we'd rather have a joint. And it's Mm -hmm. hopefully opening up these conversations that we can really kind of change the narrative and say, you know, or it doesn't have to be alcohol or cannabis. It can be however you want, but being comfortable enough to stand in your truth and say, I prefer this over this, regardless of what society says, it leads to healthier us, healthier mothers, healthier wives at the end of the day. Yes. I could not agree more. I love that so much of the content you produce is around that kind of mental health and cannabis. And then there's also some stuff that you've shared that is like this practical, like pain management and helping with these different things. And I have preliminarily diagnosed because of, you know, our healthcare system being so awesome, but have endometriosis. And so that I wasn't consciously paying attention to like, I knew we'd helped but I wasn't, I I was already smoking again quite a bit when I was diagnosed. So I was like, well, yeah, I'm sure it's helping. And I traveled to a different country where I only had weed a couple times while I was there for three weeks. And so for me, like not smoking, you know, when I wake up to when I go to bed every whatever, if depending on what I'm doing, working, how blah, blah, blah. But that change all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm in a lot more day-to-day pain than I knew. I truly didn't realize once I pulled back, I was like, oh, wow, that helps a whole shit ton that I was not realizing. Wow. And I love that part of the conversation too. Like you said, the intervention of medication and big pharma, like what if that didn't happen every time? What if you could use THC or whatever else? What if I didn't have to have ibuprofen by the bottle to deal with cramps or things like that, you know? So as that been a tool for you as well with physical stuff? I know you said for your second pregnancy. Yes. Well, and so much of what you just said of the issues that we're currently having with our current healthcare system. Now imagine if everybody had the knowledge and the and the ability to use cannabis in a way that could treat their everyday aches and pains and and, and maybe even learn to better health lead to better long-term health outcomes because I do think it makes people healthier. I think that cannabis could be the solution to our healthcare problems. That if we gave people the ability to say, here's the education you need, 
to utilize this medicine at your home by yourself without bugging a doctor, without calling a nurse and empowering people to say, you can do this. Just like you can pop an ibuprofen, you can grab some CBD, you can grab some THC and really empower people to take care of their own health so that we don't have to keep clogging up the healthcare system with this nonsense. And I will tell you so many people who come to cannabis for one thing, say they come just for pain relief. Once they find the pain relief, they're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Now I can exercise. Now I want to eat better. And it's this snowball into a healthier lifestyle, which in the very long run helps us to bring down the rates of obesity. And I'm sorry for that, Dang, I hope you cut that out. Let me make sure this is off. Sorry. No, it's okay. I understand too. Sometimes that happens during an interview and I'm like, I didn't need to know therapy starts in half an hour. I thought I turned that off. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry about that. But it can help reduce the incidence of obesity, heart disease, diabetes, our biggest healthcare blockers. I really think that we are sitting on the answer. And if we could just get over our stigma in our head and our scaredness that we could take care of our own selves. I want people to be self-sufficient in cannabis. That's my biggest goal. Mm, I love that. I love the idea, that point you just made too, of like, not only can it help with things, but our healthcare system, that's a podcast for another day, right? Like that's a whole other, we both, I am sure have lots of thoughts, but stories. it's, it's so like you said, clogged up, right? And so what about this low hanging fruit? That could be knocked out with something like a CBD or a THC rub for joint pain or whatever it is. Yes. And I truly think it will only happen with our generation moving forward. The older Mm -hmm. generation, they're too sick. We can't come out of it. We have to change where we go in the future. And that Mm -hmm. is our generation is to say, you know what? And this has been a a big part of my personal health journey as well Is I don't want to clog up the medical system when I'm 60 because I can't take care of myself. I don't want to have type 2 diabetes because I didn't make the right choices or because I wasn't being an active person. We know that there are a lot of things we can do to prevent Mm -hmm. these health crises. And I just want everyone to feel like I can take care of my health and I can be proud of it. And I can feel like maybe I'm going to save myself a lot of pain and suffering at the end down the road. Yes, absolutely. We are not, and I be, I mean, collective, we, I think on a grander scale are not taught to think about what we're doing to our body long-term. It's like day to day. You know, and what about all of these things that we're doing, even drinking alcohol like that? I'm alcohol free now for over four years, but I thank you. I started like the more and more I was away from it was like, wow, those are there was just things on your body that you don't really know is happening. Yeah. And I find our whole relationship with alcohol crazy of what we accept with alcohol. And And it almost makes me wonder if maybe alcohol wasn't pushed because cannabis was taken away. Mm. But cannabis is is so much safer than alcohol. Alcohol is so dangerous. It's poison. It's poison that we drink and that we're proud to drink and that we share with others. And I just, as I'm I'm on my own alcohol-free journey, I just really am like, and not to say that I don't like to have a cocktail a right. time or two. If I'm going out on a date with my husband, yes, I want a dirty martini. But mm-hmm. the way that I have changed my relationship with alcohol 
and really just to see like what benefit does it bring to me and it's very little and that made it really easy to just say you know what I I'd rather have cannabis yeah absolutely when you imagine the future and our future with cannabis like what is your ideal world with how we talk about cannabis in our culture I want people to live like I live, where I can use cannabis. The people that I know that love me the most don't judge me for it. They know that it's a tool that helps me be more productive. They celebrate me because I'm well, not because of how I'm well. And I want everybody to have that acceptance. I want everybody to have that support system so that they can go out and be the best versions of themselves. I truly believe that we all have this incredible potential to go out and do something in the world that is meaningful. And when we feel well, we're able to pursue that. We're able to find these passions. And so many people live these lives that are just devoid of any type of like passion or purpose. And I feel like cannabis can spark that. And I feel like feeling well can spark that. And so I just want everybody to feel that way too, of where they feel so good that they can go out and extend that good out into the world. I can tell chatting with you how genuine your passion and energy is for this. And it's like quite beautiful to feel someone who's like, I just want to share this because I think other people will feel better. Yes, that's a hundred percent. It made me feel so much better. And, and I go back on the, on my podcast with every guest is they're like, I'm here telling my story because I feel so much better that other people should hear this. And I want other people to mm-hmm. feel this way as well. And that's exactly what you're doing in bringing this series out is we're trying to let other people know that there is this hidden gem in this world that's right under your nose that might just be the answer you've been looking for. Absolutely. I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and excited to see where and how it will fit into the business and to my coaching and everything else. Cause we're on like month two of legalization in Minnesota. So things are still, you know, like I've been living my life, but figuring out how to do that outwardly is still, still, I'm still figuring out, but it's really fun to, I was so excited. I'm still figuring it out. It it really is just this evolution and, and be patient with yourself and enjoy it because it's so much being in campus is so much ebb and flow. I don't know if you feel like it, like one step forward, two steps back, it, but it's so rewarding at the end of the day when you know that someone else is feeling better because of the work that you've done. So I hope you get to experience that because it really is the most meaningful work that I have done so far in my career. And I never felt like I did meaningful work when I worked as a dietitian. It's pretty incredible to hear. And I, it's a good reminder for me to slow down your story in so many ways, not necessarily with cannabis specifically, but I interviewed a former doctor who was so fed up with the healthcare system and how he could talk to people about diet and food that he backed out and quit being a doctor and opened a vegan restaurant. It's happening every day. Yeah, it really, it really is. I think there's this pushback again, it's not the either or, but this pushback that when you're in healthcare in our country, at least it it is an either or they're making you choose either or. And so many people are like, Oh, this just doesn't work. No. Why? Why? Why can't we have both? Yeah. Why? Well, money, right? Oh, well, 100%. Yes, we all know why. Yes. 
Oh yeah. It's, it's just, it's just maddening. So I know that you have a guide on your, on your site about growing and you said your kids being in the garden and stuff. So I forget what state you're in. I'm in New York state and I have like a very specific post on why cannabis plants are not dangerous to children. It goes into the scientific reasons that there is absolutely no reason for anyone to be scared for a child to be near a cannabis plant. So if you're a mother listening and if you're like, "Mm, I don't understand it's science. There's nothing Mm -hmm. unsafe about it. Read through it. I hope it makes you feel better. The guides that you have are really helpful because there's so much information on this. It's nice to be able to kind of have a starting place and, you know, whether it's growing or yeah. learning about wellness or whatever it is, you've got some really great ones. I encourage people to check it out and I'll have all that in the no- show notes, your website and stuff yeah. for people to to find you. But what's your experience been with growing? Is that been, is that a newer thing or have you grown for a while now? Because that's another conversation I think will be really interesting on this podcast is sustainability and marijuana. It really has changed my whole kind of perspective on cannabis and sustainability and Mm. self-sufficiency, because I do feel like as we are moving forward with legalization, the dispensary, the medical system, even the recreational system is just turning into big pharma 2.0. And what I really want is to show people, here's a seed. You plant it in the ground. You let Mother Nature do its thing. Every picture of a beautiful cannabis plant you see on my website is a seed that I put in the ground and walked away. Like I want to teach people (laughs) it is not hard. It is not anything that requires a lot of work. But then I want to teach people, okay, you can do this. Now let me teach you how to harvest it and store Mm. it. And now let me teach you how to make medicine with it. And that's kind of my full circle goal is to say, you can do all of this at home. You don't need anyone to tax you. You don't need anyone to tell you how much THC you're yes, allowed to queen, have, yes. how many grams you can have. I just will let you do it yourself. And it, it's like grocery stores. Anybody can grow their own food at home. And if you don't want to, you can go to the grocery store. But right. I want to make sure that everyone knows how to do it at home because there are you can make all the medicine in the world at home by yourself. It's absolutely possible. I can teach you how, and you don't have to rely on anybody else. And that's where my self-sufficiency kind of soapbox, I'll get off of it now, but you can do this. I promise you, if I can do it, you can do it. I've started growing. I'm not an expert grower, but I can tell you, you can put a seed in the ground, you can walk away and you can have incredible medicine at the end of the day. I love that message too, of self-sufficiency, right? Because that's kind of a thread through a lot of stuff I talk about, a lot of stuff I think you talk about with your content too, is just like, we've got to be able to have more knowledge about the things going on around us really is what it comes down to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you don't want to be told how much cannabis you can have in what form and how much you're going to pay for it, the solution is simple. And if you're willing to put in the work, if you're able to put in the work, and I, it is a privilege to be able to grow. I know, I know not everybody totally. has that ability. But if and when you do get the ability to, I want to show you how to do it because it's, it's doable. And if I'm a random mom of two who is busy running a business who can also just grow a plant in the yard, you can too. Yes. I love that. I love that. I'm excited to get into that more and more myself. I've been adjacent to growing, but I've never actually like done the stuff. So I'll tell you the first plant anyone ever grows, it's like growing and birthing a child. It is beautiful. The plant is beautiful. And it's just to watch these different phases 
you know, I almost feel like it's like a piece of magic that's been hidden from mm-hmm. us is, is just to watch something so beautiful and that, you know, is so beneficial grow. And for so many people, we've seen dried nugs that come out of a plastic baggie for years. How many right. people have actually <laughs> seen a plant growing in the ground? It is something very foreign to a lot of people and something that people can start to dabble with and experience. And I work with a lot of older individuals. And for so many people, it's a new hobby. You know, after yeah. retirement, growing becomes a really fun, exciting thing for people to do. So it's also a nice way to, if you're looking for a new hobby or a way to fill up your time in a productive way, it can absolutely take up a lot of your time and it's fun and it's enjoyable. I love the idea of a cannabis farm somewhere ran by like retirees looking for hobbies. Is that not the cutest thing? Just like like grandma and grandpa. Right next to the berries. (laughs) Yes. Where here it is. This is how it grows. It's a plant. It's a plant. And that's how, you know, we talk about it with children. That's how we talk about it with older folks. It's a plant and you can just take the time to get to know it just like you do when you grow a tomato in your backyard and you talk to it and you're enjoying it and you harvest it and you're thankful for it, but it's something that everybody can do. And it's hopefully something everyone can experience in their lifetime because it really is magical. I'm excited to get going on that journey. So is there anything that you want to share with listeners that I haven't given you space to do so or that didn't come up here today? No, I just, you know, I do believe that there is a form of cannabis for everyone, whether or not THC is right for you or not. I also believe a lot of people are not ready for cannabis yet, and that's okay too. You know, I'll be here when you're ready, but you don't have to force yourself to do something that you don't want to do. You just that's now the new trend. If cannabis isn't right for you, that's okay too. And I just want everyone to know that this is a very safe space. The community that I've created, very non-judgmental. We're just here, even if you just want to explore, if you're not ready to even dip your toe in the water, if you just want to look peripherally, we're here to provide that support and guidance and just let you know that it's okay to be curious, cautious, and interested at the same time. Oh, what a beautiful message. I love that. Like making sure people feel welcome. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do something different and new, especially when it feels like everyone else is against you. And so that's really, I I have a private membership community that's private for a reason and and to provide that safety and security behind closed doors for when people are ready to come out of the closet and share that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate chatting with you and I can't wait for listeners to go look at all the amazing things you have to offer. Thank you so much for even giving me this opportunity. And it's just exciting to talk about cannabis in this very futuristic way. So thank you. Thanks for listening to an episode of Consciously Cannabis. If you're not ready for this episode to be over, don't worry. Every Consciously Cannabis episode has bonus content. Sometimes guests and I will smoke together. Maybe you'll see some of my friends and I toke up. Who knows? Go to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and get all the bonus content. And thank you so much for listening to this new series. If you enjoyed it, remember to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Share it with a friend. Tell someone you know. Anything helps, and I so appreciate it. See you next time.